Moving uh, a little closer to home, talking about the Alberta UCP party and what's going on with them. And um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where we're going to go, but we're going to chat now with Melissa Cowett, who is a conservative strategist, consultant and writer. Always a great voice of insight on these issues. Melissa, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time. Good morning. Thanks for having me, Shay. Let's just start with the intention here of this leadership review. As far as I understand it, the goal is to get rid of the division, to get rid of the infighting, and get everybody united behind the Premier. Would you say that's fair? That's the point of this? That is the intent, yes, I believe so. But it appears to me as if the exact opposite is happening, and it gets worse day after day after day. Do you see the same thing happening? I do. And I think that that is probably surprising to some people. I think it it might be um, have been surprising to the premier in the last few months, because I don't know that he necessarily appreciated the extent of um, the division that existed within the party, because he and the government have been obviously really focused on COVID and dealing with the sort of issues of the day. You know, they say like letting the urgent um, get in the way of the important. I think that's kind of what happened over the past couple of years. The UCP is a really new party. um, And like any new family, it takes work and dedication and focus and, um, and continued sustained effort to like really make that family function well. And that hasn't been possible. We've talked about this in the past Mm -hmm. over the past couple of years. And so now um, people are sort of standing, realizing all of the different, divisions that have not been repaired over the past couple of years and wondering how to to move past them. Um, Okay, so let's talk about what happened this weekend. The Premier giving his speech to the the SGM. Um, The rhetoric was much more heated. Uh, It was, I mean, he was talking about toxic ideology with the NDP. He brought up critical race. I mean, you name it. He was going all in socialism and all the rest. And, and, And I think, you know, he was focused on that with the UCP faithful and then, and, and they loved it. Um, but it seems to me like he was really, it was a different premier than we've heard in other speeches, much more focused on the NDP. Um, is that sort of the strategy over the next month or so, or however long the ballots are out there to try and turn the attention on our common enemy rather than on me? I think so. And I think getting, UCP supporters to think of the choice as not being, hey, is there a better option within our conservative movement to lead the, lead the party right now? And getting them to think about what a risk that would be in terms of the provincial election happening next year. I think that that strategy probably bodes a lot better for the premier now that the vote has opened up, not just to registrants that would have been there in Red Deer this past weekend, around 15,000 people, but to the entire party membership, which is about 60,000 people. And many people believe that the more motivated part of the party right now, the people that were signed up to go to Red Deer, that was weighted heavily against Kenny. When you open it up, to the whole membership, the 60,000 people, there's a lot more, and I know sometimes maybe people think it's hard to believe seeing what we see in the media, but there's a lot more sort of very mainstream, pragmatic members of the party who aren't really looking to be more divisive and more on the right, like some of the the strong detractors to the premier have been. And so I think that that messaging lands with people who are not really that concerned. I mean, let's face it, Shay, you and I love, you know, being in politics and paying attention to it. Most people are not, you know, that involved, right? So it's it's trying to appeal to those people and and be a reasonable voice um, uh, and put the ballot question 
being not for for this year and the leadership review, but what are we going to be dealing with next year against against Notley? Yeah, exactly, because that's going to be the next step if he manages to stay on. Um, and 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 that's the question, Melissa. No matter what happens when the ballots are counted or the vote is revealed on May eighteenth. Um, we've already got Brian Jean, and I think other people, I mean, we've had constituency associations talking about their concerns with the rules and the way this is being done, but Jean flat out said, if it is fair, Kenny will no longer be premier. Will this decision, this announcement, whatever happens on the 18th, will it be accepted? Does it have a chance, or is it already being rejected? No matter what happens, will one side or the other be saying, it wasn't fair, it doesn't count, it doesn't mean anything? Well, I think actually Brian Jean in those comments undermines the process. You know, Brian Jean is in a position of influence. He's in a position of power. He was sworn in last week as an MLA. Um, Preempting the vote by saying those things is going to obviously sow doubt in people's minds. And that's no doubt his intention. I, I don't think that Brian Jean wants the review to be a fair review necessarily. I think he thinks that the re- the fair result is the one that he wants, and, and that's not really the definition of fairness. Look, I think that in any leadership race, in any um, in any kind of party matter like this, there has this is not new. There's always going to be criticisms of how the process works. That that happens in every single party and every single leadership review. I think that the responsible thing to do is to, for both Kenny and Jean and any others, is to accept the results um, on the 18th. They've got auditors that are coming in. They um, are going to have an extremely transparent process with scrutineers and and UCP volunteers. I, I think there was even some talk of, um, you know, making the, the, the count even more public. So I think that people who are saying that the results will be, the results in the count itself will not be fair are doing a real disservice to the party, and they're not really looking out for what's best for the party. They're looking out for what's best for themselves, and um, I don't think that's what we should be we should be doing in this situation. I agree with you wholeheartedly, Melissa, and I think when that kind of rhetoric, that kind of talk extends beyond just the internal party vote that's happening. When you start to talk about you know, before the votes are even counted, whether or not it was fair or not. It's just a path that we don't want to go down in this country. So um, regardless, whatever happens, um, is the UCP in a better position May 19th than they are today or have been for the past two years? Do you think they're going to get what they want out of this review as they head into, you know, I mean, it's going to be a dogfight in this next election. I think, you know, the NDP still doing quite well in some areas, but not as well as they were before. It was the premier, apparently, according to the polling, that has really been dragging down UCP numbers. But as far as parties go, uh, UCP and NDP are fairly close. Do you think, regardless with what happens, whether Kenny's there or not, um, they're in a better position on May 19th than they are today? I don't think that they're in a better position politically than they are today. They'll be in a better position sort of procedurally and according to bylaws because they've checked the box of something that they have to do. But, you know, we don't live life just based on like the black and white. There's a lot of gray and there's a lot of nuance. And I think that's the area that the premier needs to play in. Um, post review if he's successful, which I believe he will be. There, there needs to be there needs to be real work done at the party level to to repair the divisions and to have a bit of a sort of um, reckoning in terms of what's actually possible within the UCP and what are the bounds of what um, the party is going to allow. There, there might need to be some serious discussions that that outline. Look, like we are a big tent party, we welcome 
all different perspectives, but there are boundaries. You know, I'm always very surprised by, I would identify myself as somebody within the party who's more sort of like center, a little bit more mainstream. I don't have hard right values. Mm -hmm. And I'm always so surprised by um, the degree to which people on the far right expect from the rest of party members. You know, people like me are are fully accepting and and welcoming of people who have different views. And I understand that we're going to govern in a pragmatic way. I think there needs to be more of that, more of a team mentality, more of a community mentality in terms of what is the best pathway to form government so that we can continue to have the most important conservative values to our movement reflected in government. Um, But we're not sort of constantly mired in internal infighting. So... To that point, Melissa, this is what the Premier said this weekend, talking about what happens after this if he is still leader. And I expect all of our MLAs to do the same. Um, If if we have members after the leadership vote who refuse to accept the Democratic decision, then um, they may need to find a different political home. This is new. Uh, Kenny um, has really tried to walk the line. And like you say, there are uh, there is a diversity of viewpoints and voices within the conservative movement anywhere in this country. We know that. And I think he's tried to be all things to all people to his own detriment. If he's still leader, it sounds to me um, that 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 ends. It, it's fall in line or go somewhere else. Is that sort of where you think he might have gotten to with all of this? I think so. And if that is what he means and he does fall through on that, I'm really proud of that because I think that that is really leadership. Um, and I think that that um, makes people who may be uncomfortable with the way the party was drifting a bit more comfortable. And and by the way, like if you don't want to support the leader of a political party, don't sit in that caucus. I've said this before with you, Shay. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's totally reasonable if your sole sort of mission after the leadership review is completed is to destroy the party from the inside then why why do you even want to be a part of it? it? It holds us back and it prevents us from really building as a party. I'm not suggesting that the party is perfect. And, and I know that we have things that we need to improve upon. But if you're not even willing to sort of be at the table to, to contribute to that work, then I, I, I agree with the premier in that sense. Like, find another home, unfortunately. Yeah, well, if you're talking about unity, someone has to be leading and everybody else has to be following along. That's sort of the way that it works. Um, Melissa, always great insight. Really appreciate your time. We'll talk as this gets closer and then, of course, afterwards as well. Absolutely. Thanks, Shay. You bet. Thanks very much. That is Melissa Cowett, who is a conservative strategist, a consultant and writer, uh, a great voice on what's going on in conservative politics, both in our province and across the country.